Thanks, Dave and Matt. Thanks, honey. Grandchild number seven. I'm getting to that point now where I'll just call them number one, number two, number three. And if I get it right, I'm lucky. And uh, Pastor Andrew Mann, I'm coming after you, mate. You've got eight. And um, I think his children need to keep him in the game, Mike. Come on. He says, oh, no, my kids are done. Come on, Brad. Come on, Robbie. Rick, why aren't you talking to the wives? I've got no chance of convincing them. But um, yeah, love it. And it's great. And I think Mountains, Mountains Church, I'm so sorry your pastor has no commitment not being there this morning. Uh, it's great to have you with us and it's great to have everyone here as well. And um, I love what God is doing in our people. I love the people of God when they gather. I think it's amazing. And especially the last couple of weeks, there's been a real special presence of God here. And um, when we gather together, you know, he dwells in the praises of his people. The Bible tells us that. And I want to say thank you, church. Um, it's been a very difficult time last few years. I want to say thank you for being committed and, and um, doing what you do. Because um, the world is a different place now. It really is. And um, we're navigating into a new world, which I actually think is quite exciting. And I'm looking forward to what he does with us, his church. And throughout the world, we're part of his greater plan throughout the world. And as Naomi said, today is our seed offering season, our day where we believe with faith and we sow some seed into the harvest. And um, what is seed? Well, seed is something which um, you've earned maybe. It's, it's, it's something that you have, that you possess, that you wanna sow into someone else's situation. And um, I don't regard tithing as seed. I think tithing is something you pay to God. It's between you and God alone. And it's 10%, it's no more. That's tithing, okay? And um, I actually think it's a great thing to do. And I would encourage every person to tithe. And uh, trust me, it honors God, but more importantly, it does wonders in your life. But seed is above and beyond that. It's something you do which, with your money. Um, theologically, really, the tithe is God's money that he gives you to give back. But the seed is something which is above and beyond that, which enables you to sow in. Something from you, that, that's where your generosity is, it's in there. But it's not just limited to your money, it's your time. Yeah. Yesterday I went and did a wedding for a friend who has a church in Penrith. And um, I was just there as the legal entity. And um, primarily the people there are African and it was the most amazing experience. It really was and it took up half a day. I just sowed some seed of my time in there. And I believe God honors the seed yeah. because he says that when you, he gives seed to the sower so that there would be a harvest. Yeah. And I believe that little half day yesterday that I will see a harvest in my life as a result of that. That's what our seed is about. It's about seeing a harvest in the kingdom Absolutely. My desire is God's kingdom while I'm on planet earth will expand. That's, exact, that's really why I live here. That's why I'm still here. Love my children, love my grandchildren, love my wife, love my parents. I better say that they're here. But really it's so that the kingdom of God would expand. I want everyone to find God's love. I want everyone to find his spirit to walk with. That's why we're here and that's why we sow seed. But also that I would reap a harvest in my life, that there'll be blessing and favor over my life and over my family's life. And I believe generationally, the seed that I sow helps the generations that I might not even get to see. I think it's important to sow seed. That's why we give an opportunity every year at this time. It's convenient for the tax deductible side of things as well. If, if you want tax deduction, great opportunity. Please take advantage of that. And our government allows us to do that. Just to explain that, 
We have a church in Cambodia where we sow a lot of our seed into um, and any money that goes towards that church or planting of churches is not tax deductible. We're not allowed to do that legally, so we won't. We won't ever go into gray, all right? We'll always say black and white. However, Strong Village, which Jenny and Minset are heading up over there, that actually is tax deductible. So the seed in which we sow today, some will go towards the, that, the tax deductible will go to um, the Strong Village, and the non-tax deductible will use to plant churches. That's how it works, and you look here, you know, um, what we sow into chaplaincy and what we show in, sow into our local community, that can be tax deductible. However, our, our live stream equipment and the cameras and all that, anything we do for our building or a building for mountains, which I'm gonna be talking about, um, that there cannot be tax deductible. So we split it both ways. And we just trust the Lord that he's gonna speak and we're gonna listen and we're gonna sow whatever he wants us to do where it needs to be. Is that cool? Yes. I love it. Zechariah chapter eight. I spoke on this a few weeks ago when I launched this season, launched the videos which we've been showing. Zechariah chapter eight, and I just wanna recap a little bit of what I spoke about. I love this passage of scripture. Keep reading it and reading it and reading it. I really feel it prophetic over us. Verse 12, the seed will grow well. The vine will yield its fruit. The ground will produce its crops and the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. Verse 13, just as you, Judah and Israel, have been a curse among the nations, I will save you and you will be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. Let your hands be strong. The time in history this is around about 600 BC. Um, God's people were in exile. They'd been pretty well razzed in one sense. They'd the Babylonians had come and taken them out, destroyed the city, destroyed the temple, and taken the people to Babylon, Babylon in captivity. God's people were in captivity yet again. And um, this is the point, this was when things were starting to turn for them because Ezra and um, Nehemiah had started to come back and to rebuild the walls, rebuild the temple, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, came along and he started rebuilding the temple and that's when this prophecy came. Talking to a people, that's why it says the remnant of my people. In other words, the returned people, the people who have returned. I'll bless them. That's why it's saying that. So we've got a time there where, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting situation where they're rebuilding. And I look at our life that we're living in right now, I, there's a sense of rebuilding. Right across the world. There's a rebuilding going. In church life, there's a rebuilding. In spirituality and families, there's a rebuilding. And I feel it's really, um, really pointed at us today. And I really read this again and again. And today, I, I wanna claim this prophecy over us. I wanna read it again. The seed will grow well. The vines will yield its fruit. The ground will produce its crops. Many will be blessed. That's talking of blessing. The kingdom will grow. Sowing and reaping are part of God's way. He's a sower and he's a reaper. He, he, he puts it in place in all of our lives. When you sow seeds, guess what? You're gonna reap. Yeah. The kingdom has always functioned on people sowing seed in faith. We don't just sow seed because, oh, Rick says it's a good idea, let's do it. No, 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 no. We do it in faith. And that's where the blessing is. Let's read on. The heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance 
to the remnant or the returning of this people. You're going to sow, sow and you will reap personally. There's a dew that drops from heaven metaphorically and the result will be the blessing in God's favour over you and your family. I believe that. I believe it. I th- in fact, I'll go as far as say I'm a testimony of it. There's blessing and favour all over my family and I think it's because of the seed that not only we've sown but my parents, Naomi's parents and the generations above them have always been generous people. They've always sown seeds and I'm, I'm swimming in the favour that they've set up. This dew that comes from heaven, right? Then verse 13, just as you, Judah and Israel, or my people, have been a curse among the nations, misunderstood, rejected, even mocked, so I will save you, says the Lord, and you will be a blessing. Strong nation, this is us. It's talking about us. You're going to bless everyone. Do you realize when God first sent us to this church and um, he gave me a scripture out of Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, and just spoke to me, and this is where the name of our church really comes from. This and another verse. Generation, uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse two. I will make you a great or a strong nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Strong nation church, our existence is so that others would be blessed just by being who we are. You have been an incredible blessing to so many others. We've seen the videos over the last six or so weeks of the blessings that we've been. That's part of the promise. And I claim that every day, that Windsor, Springwood, Penrith, everyone around us, even further throughout the Cambodia, all the way, will be blessed because of you. Amen? Then that verse, verse 13, finishes off with, do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. This prophecy begins with a promise, but it ends with a condition. Let your hands be strong. In fact, I honestly believe the first half of that prophecy, or the first part of it, is a result of having strong hands. In fact, I reckon you could even say, keep your hands strong. Keep them strong. Because he's pouring out a blessing. He's pouring it over Israel or Judah. They've survived this terrible time and he's beginning to rebuild. You say, hey, remember, the important thing, what's got you here is that you had strong hands. Keep your hands strong. What does it mean to let your hands be strong? What does that mean? It's very metaphorical, very poetical. Make a great T-shirt. Let your hands be strong. What does it mean? First of all, what does hands mean? What's he mean by hands? So we've got to do some exercises like a guitarist or something like that or a bodybuilder. No, 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 that's all what he means. Whenever God gives a word about hands, he's usually referring to things you do, things you put into action. Deuteronomy chapter six, God's talking about his blessings through his rules, the regulations he wants to put down for Israel. He's saying, this is really early on, right? This is what, 2,000 years ago before Jesus, 2,000 years before Jesus. He's putting out the rules. This is how you're gonna be my people and do this, do this. And then he says in verse six of Deuteronomy six, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. 
Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Now, I remember getting on a plane once heading across the US and there were these two rabbis on the plane, Jewish rabbis. And they got on and one of them had this strap box on his hand, strapped, wrapped around and, another, and he also got out of strap and wrapped it around here and had a box on his forehead. And in those boxes must have been the written law of God. And he's praying at the back of the plane. And um, I thought it was really interesting that he literally took this as put it on your forehead, put it on your hand. You know, it actually talks about um, the mark of the beast. Some believe it's already happened. Some believe it's still to come. But what it does say about it, the mark of the beast, it will be written on the hands and the forehead, the right hand of the forehead. Now, I don't think it's going to be so literal that we're going to have a barcode across our forehead. I don't think what God meant about this in Deuteronomy was write my law on your forehead. I thought he says, I think what it means more than anything is this, your forehead, how you think, your mindset, let it be in your thoughts, don't let it go out of your mind and then your hand, let it be seen in what you do. And that's why I think this is this, let your hand be strong. I think what he's actually saying here is, let what you do be strong. James, Jesus' brother, actually wrote this. He says, faith without works is dead. Well, faith really is not about doing works. You don't get faith by doing works. So what does he mean? What he means is this, I believe. If we can't see it in what you do, it's dead to everyone who sees it. In other words, I can't hear what you're saying for seeing who you are. That's what he's saying. If you're gonna have faith in Christ, it's gotta be seen. Let it be in your hands, faith without works. Let it be in what you do. And I think that's what he's saying here. Let your hands be strong. Let what you do be strong. Another way of saying it is this. Christianity's gotta be a lot more than just saying, I bless you. That's what he's saying. Don't just say, I bless you. Be it. I think we use our hands well at church. I think as a church over the years, we've been really good at having strong hands. I think we have. You know, we're not just rah, 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 God is good, rah, rah, we should help everyone, rah. That's not us. Was it earlier this year? We got a message from Cambodia that Uton and and Lekena are having a baby, but they're having complications. And they needed to go to the hospital. Would have cost $200, sorry, $2,000. Aussie, Naomi gets on the sisterhood Facebook. Girls, we need some money. Bang, 2,000 cents straight across, baby's born, Eden. Little Eden, baby Eden, boy Eden. Little bit darker than mine, yep, that's true. That happened because we have strong hands. We don't just say, oh, bless you, Odon, bless you, Lakenna, good luck with that. No, 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 no. Our hand was strong that day. That's what we do. We not only talk the talk, we walk the walk. That's what we do. We get practical about it. We, I remember just recently, remember that little thing called the flood that came in April time? Came and wiped out our building, wiped out our food care. And we had an incredible team who just came here that night. I was stuck on the other side. Got all the food and moved it up here. And a lot of that food was perishable goods. And what you probably don't know is, throughout that next week, we couldn't hang on to the perishable goods. You know, we didn't have electricity. We had a a little engine going up there, which we probably shouldn't have been having, but we had to keep this food in freezers. 
but we couldn't keep doing that. So Dave and Sam filled up their car, their boot, just went down the road here, opened up the boot and said, come and get it! Why? Because our hand is strong. Yeah, I suppose we could just let it perish. Could have handed it out to the church, I suppose. Not a bad thing to do. But we knew that there's a families just around the corner who have been ravished. Yeah. They lost stuff too. Here we've lost a lot of stuff, but they lost stuff. It's not for us to sit back and go, oh, woe is us. No, it's a time for us to show a strong hand. And that's what we did. We'll send our best. We'll pay the price. Why? Because we have a hand in what we do. You're a handy church, no doubt about it. You have a hand in the game. We'll pay the price. We'll always send our best. What does it mean to have strong hands? I think it's with vision and purpose. We don't give to need, we give to vision. We sow in, we don't sow just because, yeah, here's some spare change because that person's, you know, might be a bit sick. No, 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 no. We see this person flourishing. We see this community really going well and strong. We see a generation of young people rising up confident, engaging in life properly. Why do we engage in it? Why do we engage in, 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 in chaplaincy? Let me tell you, I'm a one day a week chaplain. It's not an easy job. Talk to Naomi, I come home from work. It's not as long a day as normal and I'm exhausted. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of work. Why do we do it? Not because it's a good thing to do. It's not because it's needed. It's because we see a vision of Windsor High School kids growing up exceptionally, yeah. strong, yeah. secure. You know, I was, I was, on Friday night, we had a great night here. Great time for praise and worship. And there's a young man who comes from Windsor High School. I was standing next to him. His name's Cooper. And um, I just see so much in this young man. He's a great young man. Anyway, he goes up and talks to these two other young kids who are sitting down. I see them get up and they go and start worshipping. And Cooper comes up and says, I just told them they should do that. <laughs> You're a leader, man. He didn't do it. He just stood back with me because, no, no. His love and being part of it, he just showed it a little bit of his potential. All of a sudden, I see there's a massive potential in this young man, and that's vision, and that's why we sow in. We sow not because there's need, we sow because we see vision. We have purpose. We don't give our spare change, we, we give full on. We're wholeheartedly, we're all in. That's strong. The day before Christmas Eve, it was the 23rd of December. 2011, the New York Giants football team. It's proof that Marcus can support a championship team. <laughs> they'd had a bad start to the season. See, they'd won their first six games, but lost all but one of their next five, or next six. They'd lost five out of their six. In other words, the season was nearly over. They had a chapel service, and they brought in a year nine teacher. His name was John Claude Gonzalez. And he brought in all these poker chips. He asked all the players to write their name on one side or their initials and their number on the back and he got them to hold it. Then he talked about the whole concept of all in. You know, gamblers talk about going all in on a great hand. I'm going all in on this. Anyway, it has become incredibly legendary, this one little talk this year nine teacher gave because they went on every game to miraculously win every game. Maybe we need to go and talk to Parramatta. 
Nah, not even then. <laughs> they got to the Super Bowl and miraculously won it again. They won the championship. And what motivated them was this whole thought, am I going all in? Do I have the purpose? Do I have a, do I have a dream? Do I have a vision for this? Or am I just going through the actions? Am I just doing what I should do? Or does it own me? Is it part of my DNA? It changed their lives forever. Now, I'm not asking you to get all your money out of your account and sew it in. However, if God tells you to do it, you do it. No, no, no. I'm talking about your mentality of seed sowing. We're giving up, we're taking up our seed offering today, but I want to be a person who sows seed every day. Yeah. One little bit of seed I'm sowing right now is cheese. I'm sowing cheese. Why? Because Windsor High School like cheese toasties. So I thought I'm going to pick up cheese on the way there and have enough for the whole week so we can have cheese toasties. It's seed. Why? Because I have a purpose. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. If someone needs something, I'm going to do it. If someone needs a wedding done, I'm going to do it. Why? Because I want to be a seed seed sower in my life. We're not hesitant. We are decisive. That's strong. That's what a strong hand looks like. Regardless of difficult times, regardless of challenges, regardless of the size of the mountains that we have to climb, we take it on. That's what strong means. Let your hands be strong. Joshua, we read about Joshua. Many, many years before Jesus was leading Israel and Moses had just died. He was the leader, now Joshua is. And he's been leading for 40 years in the desert, these complaining people, but it was time to actually take the land that God had promised them. And what did God say to him? Verse 9, Josh, 1 Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you know what? That's a strong hand. He, that passage is saying, don't, don't forget, be strong. Get my word into your heart. Meditate on it day and night. Be strong. Be strong. Why? Because you have a big hill to climb, son. Well, do you know what? Let your hands be strong. It's all about climbing those big hills. That's what we do. Whatever your hand finds to do, the Bible says, Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon, King Solomon, whatever your hand finds to do, do it of all your might. The grave in which you will go to, there is no knowledge, there is no wisdom, there is no dreaming, there is no vision. That's what he says. So whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Amen? Amen. So a strong hand is a hand that reaches out to others. A strong hand is someone who notices others and thinks, you know what, someone needs help here. Someone needs something. Some, I can see me making a change here. That's what a strong hand's like. Someone said, someone wrapped up in themselves is a very small package. I don't want to be a church that's wrapped up in ourselves. I want to be a church, continue to be a church that is always looking around Who is there that we can sow seed into? We're always looking for that. A hand that reaches out to others. Others are craving it. Others need it. I believe in the time, very short future, there's going to be more people than ever looking for someone who has answers, looking for someone who has a hand out saying, hey, my hand is here. So to have a strong hand is to want to help others. A strong hand is also a hand that joins with other hands. 
You might have all heard the analogy or the true fact about oxen. You get an ox and an ox can pull along around about two and a half tons of material on its own. But when you yoke it with another ox, you would think it could do five ton, right? They've been measured at more than seven and a half ton, just the two together. Then you get another one behind them and it just multiplies every time. It's a synergy that comes together when people join together. And I think about a strong hand. You, yeah. Our hand is stronger because we're all in it together. Yeah. You know, I hated that through the pandemic. We're all in this together. I used a really good slogan in a really bad way. Yeah. But when you think about you know, doing things and, and sowing seed, I am stronger because you do it too. There's no way we can see Strong Village. Strong Village is a massive project. It is huge, I'm telling you. But we can do it together and we are seeing it. I love seeing Minset and Jenny get all together and, and uh, rise up and to get it organised with their vision. They're heading back, we think, early next year to set up a, um, their spot there and we're going to see it flow. I've got reports back today about what's been, this week, about what's been happening over there. It's incredible. That would not happen if it was just Rick saying, hey, let's, let's do this. But when a whole bunch of hands come together, our hands are strong. Maybe you're thinking, well, my hand's not that strong. I can't sow a lot of seed. That's all right. But a lot of people who can give a little bit of seed makes a lot of seed. That's why we take up our seed offering. Amen. A strong hand is a hand, I believe, that honours God. The more you honour God with your life, the stronger your hand gets. Yeah. You know, I spoke about this, this African wedding I went to. It was so wonderful. He was from the Congo. She was from Burundi. And um, the church, this small little church was packed. And uh, I've got to tell you, I was very pale in that room. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, you're laughing. You go back to teenage Rick, I would have been really uncomfortable with that. I would have felt other place, not so much the colour, but they're so extravagant. Now, 55-year-old Rick goes, I love the extravagance. I wish I could dance like that. What is it with coloured people and dancing? Bruce Gavin is one of the best dancers you've ever seen. You should get him to do a jig. In fact, we've got time. But, you know, they come in there and, and the culture of this wedding was... Today, outstanding. But teenage Rick wouldn't have thought so. Teenage Rick would have been looking for a corner to sit in, just get this done and get out of here. But I've realised God has transformed my life in such a way that a culture that's not my culture is something that I want to welcome more and more. My life has got bigger because I've honoured God with my life. And that's what God does. You know, they say that, you know, imitation is the the pinnacle of flattery I think imitation is the pinnacle of honor and I want to imitate God yeah. the more and more I get to know him the more and more I read his word the more and more I spend time in his spirit the more and more I want to be like him and I reckon he would get down at an African wedding I reckon he'd get in there and jig in when they jigged in doing all these ones and <laughs> no what guys just can't do it don't do it right A strong hand is one that honours God. 
And I think it's gotta be a pattern of our lives, church. We honor him. You know, coming to church on a Sunday to worship him, I don't always feel like doing it. Confessions of Pastor Rick. Sometimes, you know, like when Eels beat the Panthers, I had to get up that morning and force myself out of bed. You know, that historic event, history, history. But when I get here, even though I don't feel like it, doesn't matter. I want to honour my God. So I honour him. I've got to tell you, I walk out really good because I've honoured him. Do you know what? The world in which we lived has seen upheaval. We never thought we'd see this in our lifetime, really. We've had a pretty good lifetime. But the last two and a half years has been crazy. But I can't help believe, but believe that it's not, going, it's not over yet. We've got to see the ramifications of that coming through in families or in just people's lives. Financially, things are going to get really, really tight. In fact, I think there's going to be a lot of panic. I don't want to be a preacher of doom and gloom. But I want to tell you, we're in for a really, really interesting time, church. We need a church with strong hands. One, the more you want a God, the more you be in his presence, the more you sow into him, that favour that comes that's promised in that prophecy, that's where you want to be in times of hard times. Because when the favour of God's on you, you might go through difficult times, but you don't get shipwrecked. You don't get destroyed. Yeah, doesn't stop you from going through you know, tragedies, but the tragedies don't ruin you. And we're about to get, if we're about to go through a very difficult time, we need a church that's saying, hey, we're strong. Yeah. We, we understand who our God is. In fact, I think there's gonna be two major things that is required of the church. This is what I'm believing, and I'm gonna speak a little bit more about this another time. One, that we really, really honour God in everything we do. Honour Him every day, just like Deuteronomy 6. Write it on your doorpost, write it on the bedside. Write, don't write it on your children. Tell your children. Have it everywhere, honour Him. The second thing is I believe we need to really, really focus in on church family. I think we need to become more of a community closer and closer. I don't think we can be like family. I think we need to be family. Yeah, true. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the whole Oikos groups. Been bantering on them for years. Can I tell you something? We've come into a time now where the world is craving that. And if the church understands what family is, one, you go through a hard time, your family gets around you. Yeah. Two, you go through a hard time and the family shares resources, comes around you, does what, you can actually reach out and say to someone else who's going to a hard time, I know where to go, come here. And then the love of Jesus Christ goes on to them. It is so important right now that we understand this. You see, if we are gonna go through a very difficult time as an Australian, planet, world, if the world's gonna go through this very difficult time, it's done it before, this is an opportunity for the church to show its strong hand. Usually the strong hand would say forceful, no, 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 no. 
You see, Jesus comes laying down, saying, I want to serve you, washing feet. And we imitate him, yeah? Let your hands be strong. Beginning of this year, I really felt the Lord ask me, will my church lead? We're about to enter into a time where we have no option. Someone's going to have to lead and wear it. Is there not a cause? Is there not what we've named this year? Is there not a cause? Oh, let me tell you, if you can't see a cause now, you're going to see heaps of it. And as we stand tall on the shoulders of Jesus Christ, we stand tall because we have a strong hand. We stand tall because we live by faith, not by sight. We do that. Oh, my church will lead, says the Lord. And you'll see that cause, and that cause will be something that we're able to help with. Oh, I honestly believe it. It's the greatest opportunity to be Jesus' hands to a world, so let's our hands be strong. The church in Cambodia is really impacting a generation. Did you see their soccer team won the championship? Yeah. Woohoo! Ah, how's Paramount going? <laughs> they won a game, mate. <laughs> They're setting up a generation of Cambodians. You've got to understand something about Cambodia. In the 70s, it was demolished. A whole generation was wiped out. A whole bunch of children grew up thinking they were dumb because all the intelligent people were killed. But because we sowed some seed, because we seized two young men, we joined hands with two strong hands over there called Minset and Utong. We're seeing a generation rise up and they are incredible. And not only that, they're stretching out the villages and the villages and the villages, villages, villages. I'm just waiting for the next baptism post. 700 kids baptized or something. Yeah, something. Strong village. I read, I read this story. There's this girl, we think she's 25, they're not sure. She's doing year 10. Her father died when she was a child. Her mother got into huge debt. They sold their home to help pay this debt, $20,000 US debt. She needs $5,000 a year to live on. Lives on $5,000 US a year. But she can't. She's, she's working, working, raising kids. This young girl, this 25-year-old, she's doing year 10. We're helping her get educated. She wants to be a teacher. Our strong hand says, yeah, come on, let's help her become a teacher. She's got a beehive. There's some seed up there in the form of honey if you want to buy some and that will go towards more beehives. 10 bucks, just chuck it in the box. If you just need honey and you haven't got 10 bucks, just take some anyway, please. Let me sow that into your life. Chaplaincy. I've already been on about chaplaincy, but our chaplains go into schools. You know, it's funny how there's so much opposition against chaplaincy coming through the media right now. Always happens when a Labor government comes in. Have you noticed that? Well, last time the Labor government did, Peter Garrett went in and did a study and found out that 91% of principals love it. 87% of teachers love it and students love it too. You know what? We're going to make it take advantage. Now, if they cut the funding, we have two of our two days, I think two days a week of our chaplains, one of, or two of our chaplains one day a week each is funded by government. The rest of it's funded by seed. And... Um, if they cut that funding, it doesn't matter. I want us to continue putting more chaplains in the schools, yeah. helping a generation. Yeah. You know, we're in Windsor South Public School. We're in Ellison Primary School. We're in Jordan Springs School. Jordan Springs, they were expecting, what, 600 kids? They've got over 900 kids 
and they haven't got enough buildings for them. It's crazy. They're overwhelmed. Teachers are overwhelmed. You see, we're not just chaplains to the students, we're chaplains to the teachers. Yeah. Chaplaincy is something I want to keep sewing into. Someone has already recently put $10,000 in for chaplaincy saying, hey, I wonder how many people would like to match that. Thank you. At Seed. How many people would like to match that? Maybe a few of us could come together and match that. Wouldn't it be good if we got $50,000 for chaplaincy? That's five more days a week that we could actually put a, a person into a school to help young people sow into their lives every day. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Let your hands be strong. There are people in our immediate communities who require help and food, resources, encouragement. We're gonna do more and more of that. We're gonna see more of it. Why? Because I see our communities around us flourishing. Because we exist here, because Mountains Church exists, because Penrith Church exists, we're gonna see families transformed. Let your hand be strong. You know, we've been gathering great building equity. You know, our debt's way under a million dollars now, which is amazing. Thank you, church, but thank you, the Lord. But we want to get great equity in what we have. Why? Because we want to buy a building for both Penrith and Mountains churches. And there's a possibility in the next few months we're going to find out that there's a building available in the mountains and we want to purchase it for you, Mountains Church. Why? So that the community can see you there can see the strong hand. Yeah. So our young people, I, I, I feel for the young people of the mountains. You know what, there's so many young people in the mountains but there's not much up there for them. It's not even a McDonald's above Blacksland, you know that? Till you get the lift go. It's a long drive. I wanna see a building, that's why we sow seed. This building here, as you can see, we've got some renovations to do. And we're still waiting for our insurers to get back to us on how much. It's going to be a long process. Well, I'm going to find out whether we can get started earlier. It's going to require seed though to do that. The fact that we have a live stream going out right now and our incredible team, Shannon and the team, I think we should give them a hand because they work every week. Thank you, guys. Well, the reason why we could build the building, get all the cameras and everything going how we have it right now is because of seed. Let your hands be strong. Now this building that we're gonna rebuild here, the building that we will purchase in the mountains and the building that we will purchase in the Penrith area and the building that we will purchase in Cambodia, amen? amen, Amen. They're gonna serve the community. I want those at Hawkesbury to know that when we renovate down here, I want everyone in the area to see this as the community centre. I want it to be a place where they can come to and feel peace. I want every young person in this place to be able to come in here and know it's the safest place in Windsor to be any time of the day. That's what I want them to be. I'm sure Josh will have a nice cafe menu for him. I want them to do that. Why? Because we have a strong hand. And the beautiful thing about having strong hands is this. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask you, church, will you sow some seed? Will you let your hands be strong? Now, you might think, but I'm giving in this other place. Good on you, please keep doing that. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to give everything to church. I'm not saying that, I'm just asking you, if you've got some seed to sow and you wanna sow it in here, 
here's a great place to sow it. I'm not here to make you feel guilty for not sowing. If you, if you haven't got seed, two things I wanna say to you. You know what, I'm praying with you, brother or sister, I'm praying if you don't have seed, but I would recommend to you that you sow just a tiny bit. If you could just sow three little seeds, maybe there'll be 30 seeds next season. I wanna see you have a harvest. I wanna see the kingdom have a harvest, but I wanna see you have a harvest in your life. I want these difficult times to not even affect you or your family. I want you to flourish. And I wanna say from testimony to testimony that Naomi and I have, the more seed you sow, the more you flourish. It's true. Lots of nodding heads. So today, I wanna pray for us all. We've got our box in mountains. You've got the box at the back as well, I assume, or it's in the trailer. Um, We've got a box at the back if you've brought an envelope. You wanna give tax deductibly, please get the right thing on there. Details is required. Or you can um, put it on the envelope and write it on there. Or you can do electronic transfers. That seems to be the way now. But I wanna encourage you, sow some seed. Sow some seed. And we're gonna see incredible things happen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, you are the one who gives seed to the sower and food to eat. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we sow the seed that you have provided for us, Lord, that there would be an incredible harvest in your kingdom. Lord, that we would see avenues reached like never before. From right here, to the suburbs around us, to our entire nation and to the nations of the world, starting with Cambodia. Father, I pray for that, but also, Lord, I pray for a harvest in every seed sower's life. I declare favour over their lives, God's favour and God's blessing over them. And I pray, Lord God, that instantly they will begin to see harvest, 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 Harvest and Lord, as they see more harvest, Lord, they'll have a desire, Lord, to sow more seed. I pray, Lord God, for every family here to be strong, close, and Lord God, may your hand be strong in them as their hand is strong. And we will give you glory in Jesus' name, amen. It's a little bit awkward because usually we actually take up the offering now. But we haven't done that for a couple of years now. So I want to encourage everyone. um, When you step forward in anything like this, step in faith. Ask God what he would have you do. Maybe he might show you something you thought, you know what, I can actually do that. Ask God. And if he does, I'm going to ask you also to believe with me that we're going to have enough come on in that we're going to be able to do everything we want to do. Why? Because we ought to let our hands be strong. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a fantastic weekend. We've got a little girl princess to meet. And we love you. God bless you, everyone on the live stream. We'll see you next week.